More breaking news this evening. Joe Rogan, an extremely popular podcaster, announced on social media today that he has COVID. Rogan has said young, healthy people don't need to get vaccinated. In his statement on social media, Rogan said he has taken several therapeutics to recover. One of those drugs he mentioned, ivermectin, is something more often used to deworm horses. Perspective now from our chief media correspondent and anchor of CNN's Reliable Sources, Brian Stelter. Um, Brian, this is obviously someone who has said on his podcast that, that you know, healthy young people probably don't need to get uh, vaccinations. What, what's he saying about his condition? Yeah, and he is one of the most influential figures in all of media. But he is trying to portray this as if he is feeling better now, he's doing better now, because of this cocktail of drugs and medications that he has taken. Of course, these are some of these are under emergency youth authorizations. Others have been, uh, you know, discouraged by the CDC and the FDA. But when you have a horse deworming medication that's discouraged by the government, that actually causes some people in this crazed environment we're in to actually want to try it. That's the upside down where we're in with figures like joe rogan so for you joe rogan yes i would say you've had it yes so now get one shot of the vaccine no why not because i have better immunity than i would if i was vaccinated we so right yes. don't i i think your immunity is really good so why if i've already gotten through covid and i was really only sick for a day and then five days later i was negative and I, I do have the natural antibodies now. Why would I take a chance in getting vaccinated on top of that? By the way, I'm glad you're, you're, you're better. I'm Thank glad you. it only lasted a day. You're probably really the only am. one at CNN that's glad. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. We're not. The rest of them are all lying about me taking horse medication. <laughs> we should talk about that. That bothered you. It should bother you, too. They're well, lying I, at your network about people taking human drugs versus drugs from it, veterinary. It, calling it a horse dewormer is not a flattering thing. I get it's that. It's a lie. It's a lie on a news network, it, and it's it, a lie that's a willing that's that's a lie that they're conscious of it's not a mistake yeah they're unfavorably framing it as veterinary medicine well the FDA put this thing out you saw that did you see that thing that the FDA put out what did the FDA put out <laughs> it was a tweet and it was snarky I admit it they said you are not a horse you are not a cow stop taking this stuff or something like why that. would you say that when you're talking about a drug that's been given out to billions and billions of people a drug that was responsible for one of the inventors of it making the Nobel Prize Nobel Prize in 2015 yeah yeah no, a, a drug well, that has been shown to stop viral replication in vitro you know that right I, I, why would they lie and say that's horse dewormer. I can afford people medicine, motherfucker. <laughs> this is ridiculous. It's just a lie. I don't think anyone is thick. But don't you think that a lie like that is dangerous on a news network when you know that they know they're lying? Well, I don't. I don't. Dude, I mean, what did they say? They lied what did and they said say? I was taking horse dewormer. First of all, it was prescribed to me by a doctor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Along they with shouldn't have said a it was bunch of if, other if medications. Was, if you got a human pill because there were people that were taking it the veterinary medication and i you're not obviously you got it from a doctor so that it shouldn't be called that ivermectin can be a very effective medication for parasitic disease and as you say it's probably you know i think what a quarter billion people have taken it around the world more, i get that way more so way but, more can, billions can, of people have taken it can i just come back to the one i want to talk about I, two, no no two, no, no, two no, things no. You, have to, you have before we get to that does it bother you that the news network you work for out and out lied well just outright lied about me taking horse dewormer they, they they shouldn't have said that why did they do that i don't know but the, the point is that's a lie it can be used for humans i, I get it i, I totally... not just could be used for humans is often used for humans along with all the other drugs i took 
all human drugs. Yes, they know it's a human drug. It's, it's a, it can it's right, but and the, they lied. The thing it's I, defamatory. It, it is it is a uh, yeah. They shouldn't have done that. It's I defamatory, right? Well, I don't know if it's defamatory. I bet it is. Yeah, well, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a lawyer. It's but, a lie. But my point is. You're working for a news organization. If they're lying about a comedian taking horse medication, what are they telling us about Russia? What are they telling uh, us about Syria? Do you, not, do you understand that that's why people get concerned about the veracity of the news? Namaste, weirdos. It is I, Coach Duke Lowry. Welcome back to the Old Normal Podcast. I was off last week uh, <clears throat> gallivanting around Nashville, but now I'm back, and it's good to be back with you. We got a lot to cover today. The clip there that you heard at the beginning was a comparison between uh, CNN's coverage of Joe Rogan using the um, dangerous horse dewormer ivermectin and uh, Joe Rogan confronting uh, Sanjay Gupta of CNN about his network's coverage of it. And a lot of that is going to be relevant to what we're talking about today. We're going to try to finish Ivermectin and all of Remdesivir. And then I promise to you, once we get done with Remdesivir, I will take at least a month, maybe two off, of all COVID, and we'll talk about other things. I know this is redundant. I'm just trying to make you see that none of this had to happen at all. And um, how corrupt your medical establishment is because the medical establishment in this country is just as corrupt as the defense and military establishment that gets us into needless wars like Iraq. All right, back to Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci, starting on page 59. We're going to go through um, the section labeled horse drugs. Now, remember last week we talked about uh, Molnupiravir. Now, Molnupiravir was developed by Merck uh, with your taxpayer money for equine encephalitis, which means encephalitis in horses. It is literally a horse drug, which is what they accuse ivermectin of being. Quote, as Merck stood poised to release its new horse drug, Molnupiravir, onto the market, the other U.S. behemoth, uh, Pfizer, was racing Merck neck and neck with its own antiviral pill, uh, titled uh, PF0732133, which is an ivermectin knockoff that is so similar to ivermectin, except, of course, in price point, that critics call it Pfizer-mectin. Citation. Actually, two citations. In late August of 2021, the NIH, FDA, and CDC launched an innovative new campaign to slander ivermectin as a, quote, horse dewormer. Now, this is the talking point that CNN picked up on, obviously that only deluded, full-hearted nincompoops would consume ivermectin. Uh, picking up on these themes, the London Independent asked, quote, Ivermectin, why are U.S. anti-vaxxers touting a horse dewormer as a cure for COVID? 
On August 15th, the FDA instructed on its website, quote, you are not a horse. And then on August uh, 21st, about a week later, they put out a Twitter post, which is what uh, Sanjay Gupta was just referring to in the intro, saying that you are not a horse, you are not a cow. Seriously, y'all, stop it. Yeah, seriously, y'all, you're just, you're just one of the people, uh, FDA. Seriously, y'all, stop it. Else, meanwhile, elsewhere on its website, they urge black and brown human immigrants to load up on ivermectin before they come to the U.S. Uh, quote, all Middle Eastern, Asian, North African, Latin American, and Caribbean refugees should receive presumptive therapy with ivermectin two doses daily, orally, for two days prior to departure to the United States. So it's horse dewormer. It doesn't work. It's total garbage. But if you're coming from the third world, you probably need to take it. Calling ivermectin a horse drug is like calling antibiotics a horse drug. I mean, this is, this is clear evolutionary science. Many long-established basic drugs are, of course, effective in all mammals because they work on shared biology. This is why we do studies on ferrets and rats and monkeys and dogs uh, before we bring pharmaceuticals into the human market and start testing them humans because we share a biology. So calling ivermectin a horse drug is just like calling antibiotics a horse drug. Now, compare ivermectin's safety record to Dr. Fauci's two chosen COVID remedies, one of which is remdesivir, and the other are the COVID-19 vaccines. Over 30 years, for 30 years, ivermectin has been associated with only 379 reported deaths. For in 30 years, only 379 people have, uh, have died from using ivermectin which brings the death-dose reporting ratio of ivermectin to 1 in 10.5 million. In contrast, in only 18 months since remdesivir received its emergency use authorization, uh, about 1.5 million patients have received remdesivir, and out of that 1.5 million, 1,400, almost 1,500, have died. So ivermectin's death-to-dose uh, de death ratio is 1 out of uh, 10.5 million. Remdesivir's is 1 in 1,000. Meanwhile, according to the VAERS report, which is flawed, and we'll get into that when we finally do get into the vaccines. For the COVID vaccines, it's 1 in 13,000. So ivermectin is thousands of times safer than either remdesivir or the, uh, uh, um, the vaccines. Fauci himself took an uh, early charge of spreading the rumor that ivermectin was poisoning these deluded Americans. He told uh, CNN's Jake Tapper, quote, don't do it. Tapper then slavishly uh, parroted Fauci's new talking point. Now listen to this. Listen to the gaslighting that they did uh, with you on ivermectin. This is uh, Jake Tapper talking, quote, Poison control centers are reporting that their calls are spiking in places like Mississippi and Oklahoma because some Americans are trying to use an anti-parasite horse drug called ivermectin to treat coronavirus and to prevent contracting coronavirus. It mattered not that both Mississippi and Oklahoma officials quickly denied that anyone in their state had been hospitalized for ivermectin poisoning. So CNN puts out that uh, uh, people are going into the hospital for being poisoned with ivermectin in Mississippi and Oklahoma, and uh, state health officials in both states said that never happened. And we're going to get a little bit more into that uh, with this Rolling Stone article coming up. An AP story, meanwhile, uh, 
a story out of AP, meanwhile, claimed that 70% of calls to the Mississippi Poison Control Center were for ivermectin overdoses. It turns out that tops, only 2% of those calls were. In fact, uh, and, and so when this, these stories from CNN uh, and the AP were retracted, when the Rolling Stone story we're about to talk about was retracted, again, think about it, no one saw the retractions. So it just went out into the, uh, uh, the stratosphere, into the the ears of the passing American public. They're like, oh, yeah, horse dewormer. Uh, nope, it's not a horse dewormer. These are, these are uh, and, well, yeah, it's killing people. It's backing up the hospitals. No, it's not. Uh, Oklahoma and Mississippi, both mentioned by Jake Tapper, both denied that anyone went to the hospital for ivermectin overdoses. Despite these claims of mass poisoning, the media could not find a single case of ivermectin leading to death or hospitalization. People were not dying from using uh, equine or horse ivermectin at all, uh, and they were certainly not dying from appropriately dosed and prescribed oral ivermectin for humans, like what Joe Rogan took. But a lot of pharmacists wouldn't, wouldn't uh, prescribe it, and, or doctors wouldn't prescribe it, and pharmacists wouldn't fill the prescription even if they got a doctor to do it. But many were dying, of course, from untreated COVID-19. Bill Gates' surrogate group, Gavi, asked in a press release, quote, How did a drug many, many use to treat parasites in cows come to be of interest to doctors treating humans with COVID-19? Now, the Gates Foundation and Gavi were, at the moment, distributing millions of doses of ivermectin annually to Indian children for uh, filariasis and to Africans for river blindness and filariasis. So th- they put out this press release, Gavi does, which is, which is heavily, heavily influenced by Gates. And they're saying, where did this come from? We're treating parasites in cows. We're not treating parasites. Meanwhile, they're giving it to people in India and Africa. It's not a horse dewormer. It's not a cow dewormer. It is because we share a biology, but it won the Nobel Prize for humans. Now, this is the big one, the Rolling Stone article. Now, Rolling Stone, of course, was one time the banner of counterculture in the United States. This is where, where Hunter S. Thompson sat at the, uh, at the National uh, uh, Affairs Desk. But by 2021, it revolved into, uh, uh, devolved into a reliable mouthpiece for the medical cartel. Rolling Stone also reported that Oklahomans overdosing on ivermectin horse dewormer were causing uh, emergency rooms to be, quote, so backed up that gunshot victims were having a hard time getting into the emergency room. The Rolling Stone story then spread like wildfire among the world's reigning media outlets, including the Daily Mail, Business Insider, Newsweek, Yahoo News, The Guardian, and The Independent, many of which rely on Gates Foundation funding. MSNBC's Rachel Maddow told her audience, quote, Patients are overdosing on ivermectin, and they're backing up rural Oklahoma hospitals and ambulances. She continues, Ivermectin is meant for a full-size horse. She then repeated that victims were gullibly swallowing uh, the false claims of anti-vaxxers before guzzling down this horse dewormer. Quote, the ERs are so backed up that gunshot victims are having a hard time getting into facilities where they can get uh, definitive care and be treated. However, days later, rural Oklahoma's Sequoia Northeastern 
Health System posted a categorical, a categorical denial on its website, dismissing the entire story as a mere fabrication. Now, in the story, the Rolling Stone posted what was supposed to be a picture of the hospitals or the ERs being backed up by these ivermectin people who are overdosing on it. Uh, keeping the gunshot victims out. And the picture was actually an Associated Press stock photo from, from that previous January of people waiting in line to get the vaccine. So even the picture was fake news. As it turns out, not a single patient, not a single patient, has been treated in Oklahoma for ivermectin overdose. However, the FDA doubled down with the claim that ivermectin may quote, cause, quote, serious harm is highly toxic, and may cause seizures, coma, and even death. Meanwhile, pharmacists, uh, any pharmacist who was still willing to dispense ivermectin faced a new problem. The wholesalers began dribbling out a few pills at a time, but not enough even for one prescription per week. And this is, I've talked about this, the, the, the fake shortages. So, because a lot of the companies who were producing ivermectin at the time, just like chloroquine, are also heavily invested in new antivirals or new vaccines for COVID. Uh, they started creating a shortage by not giving the pharmacies uh, this this drug. There's someone very close to me who is a pharmacist would say, "Well, we can't. We only we don't get that much ivermectin in. We can't just give it out to people for COVID. What if somebody needs it for for a parasitic infection or scabies or something that they really need it for?" Well, again, it was an artificial shortage. It's an off-patent drug. They can ramp up the production very easily and very quickly for things like that. And any drug company can produce it because it is off-patent. On September 28th, the New York Times introduced a new tactic, reporting that the demand for ivermectin among these crackpot anti-vaxxers who were trying to treat COVID had created such a shortage uh, for the veterinary purposes... And you can still buy it on uh, uh, Amazon right now for the horse dewormer. Uh, warning that any day now, and this is cited, any day now animals might begin to suffer. Uh, meanwhile, uh, osteopath Dr. Joseph McCullough, and I, I highly recommend if you ever go to the vitamin shop or, or if you're a vitamin aficionado, he has the best vitamins, very absorbable by the body. Dr. Dr. Joseph McCullough, uh, said this, quote, the idea that ivermectin is horse dewormer that poses a lethal risk to humans is pure horse manure. It is an effort to dissuade people from using a safe and effective drug against COVID-19. Now, this is a doctor. This is not coach telling you this. He continues, ultimately, what they're trying to do is back up the big pharma narrative that the only thing at your disposal is the COVID-19 shot. All right, we are finally done with ivermectin. The whole point of this is I want you to see that this didn't have to happen. They suppressed chloroquine and they suppressed ivermectin to force you into the vaccines and to force you on this, uh, this next topic, remdesivir, and none of this had to happen. It didn't have to happen. There's corruption in your government. The, phar the pharmaceutical companies are just as corrupt, if not worse, the, the medical uh, industrial complex, just as corrupt as the people who sent you into uh, the war in Iraq over false pretenses of, uh, uh, you know, weapons of mass destruction. All right, so on to remdesivir. Remdesivir has no clinical efficacy against COVID-19, according to every legitimate study. Worse, it is actually deadly poison 
an expensive poison at that, $3,000 plus per treatment. The uh, challenge required Dr. Fauci, the challenge of getting uh, uh, remdesivir approved through emergency use authorization, required Dr. Fauci to first sabotage hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin because, as we discussed in some previous podcasts, under federal rules, uh, the FDA's recognition of uh, uh, ivermectin and chloroquine uh, would automatically kill remdesivir's ambitions for emergency use uh, designation. So why would Fauci care to undermine any medicine that might compete with remdesivir? Might it have something to do with the NIAID, his agency, and the CDC having put uh, $79 million in developing remdesivir for Gilead? Let me read that again, because that... We put $79 million of taxpayer money in developing of, uh, the development of remdesivir for Gilead and then gave it to Gilead so they can reap all the profits. So you paid for it, then they get to charge you $3,000 a dose. Isn't that special? Uh, also, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation owns a $6.5 million stake in the Gilead company. In, <laughs> listen to this. This is how worthless this drug is. In 2018, Gilead entered remdesivir in a NIAID-funded clinical trial against Ebola in Africa. This is how we know that Anthony Fauci was well aware of remdesivir's toxicity. Uh, Now, in that trial, he had uh, entered two candidates in in the trial. He had remdesivir and then another uh, NIAID drug, which he actually preferred, called ZMAP. And they were testing uh, the efficacy of these drugs along, uh, against Ebola alongside two experimental monoclonal antibody drugs. Researchers planned to administer all four drugs to Ebola patients across Africa over a period of four to eight months. However, six months into the Ebola study, the Trials Safety Review Board suddenly pulled both remdesivir and ZMAP from the trial. Why is that? Because within 28 days, subjects taking remdesivir had lethal side effects, including multiple organ failure, acute kidney failure, septic shock, and hypotension. And the result was that 54, I've talked about this before, 54% of the people in the trial who took remdesivir died. It had the highest mortality rate of any of the four drugs. And Fauci's uh, favorite drug, ZMAP, ran up a close second in the body count uh, total with 44%. So remdesivir killed more than half the people in the African Ebola trial. Uh, ZMAP, uh, uh, Dr. Fauci's favorite drug in the trial, killed 44%. On February 25th, 2020, Dr. Fauci announced with great fanfare that he was enrolling hospitalized COVID patients in a clinical trial to study remdesivir's effectiveness against COVID. Now, that's February 25th, 2020. Now, at the time... That, that's super early in the pandemic. And this is when Nancy Pelosi's saying, you know, go, go to Chinatown. Now, at the time, there were only 14 confirmed cases of COVID in the United States, and most were from the Diamond Princess cruise ship. So early on, he's already, we've got the problem. He's already got the solution. Remdesivir, right now, in February of 2020. He's already starting remdesivir trials, even though he already knew that it was highly toxic from the, from the uh, Ebola trials. Dr. Fauci's press release said that uh, remdesivir, quote, listen to this, has shown promise in animal models for treating Middle East respiratory syndrome, which is another coronavirus. 
It's unclear, however, if the NIAID informed these, uh, these COVID patients that less than a year earlier, a safety review board uh, for the Ebola trials had deemed remdesivir unacceptably toxic. So why did Fauci do this? Well, the optics of the situation required that the NIH devote at least some resources to antiviral therapeutic drugs because if he, if he didn't, Critics would complain that he spent billions of dollars on vaccines and nothing for therapeutics. So, of course, he's going to choose a therapeutic that's on patent. Remdesivir, and this is why I chose remdesivir. Remdesivir was an IV remedy, meaning uh, uh, that was only appropriate to use in a hospitalized setting uh, for patients in late stages of the illness. It would therefore not compete with the vaccines for emergency use authorization and would allow Dr. Fauci to uh, support remdesivir without compromising the vaccine business. Furthermore, while hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin were off-patent and available generically and any drug company could make them, remdesivir was in that sweet spot of still being on patent. Remdesivir costs, listen to this, remdesivir costs Gilead $10 per dose to manufacture. That's it. But by granting Gilead emergency use authorization, uh, regulators could now force private insurance, uh, insurance companies, Medicare and Medicaid, to fork over $3,120 per treatment. It costs them $10 to make, they charge you $3,100, uh, and your tax money developed the drug, so it's already been paid for. Gilead uh, predicted remdesivir in their first year uh, in 2020 would bring in $3.5 billion for a drug that killed 54% of the people in a uh, Ebola trial that, is, that, that was stopped because it was so toxic. But now they're making $3.5 billion off of it, even though you did all the research and development with your tax money. In one of his many extraordinary feats of uncanny foresight, <laughs> Dr. Fauci, uh, uh, beginning in 2017, listen to this. Let me slow down because I'm trying to get through all this information. And we might have to postpone till next week, Jesus. In one of his many extraordinary feats of uncanny foresight, starting in 2017, Dr. Fauci paid $6 million to his gain-of-function guru, Ralph Barrick, who uh, is a microbiologist at uh, University of North Carolina, to accelerate remdesivir as a coronavirus remedy at the China's uh, uh, Wuhan Institute of Virology. So... Back in 2017, he was already trying to push remdesivir as a coronavirus treatment at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, where this virus likely came out of. That is cited twice. On April 24th of 2020, Bill Gates declared, quote, For the novel coronavirus, the leading drug candidate in this category is remdesivir by Gilead. Again, he owns a $6.5 million stake in it. For hydroxychloroquine, however, Dr. Fauci demanded well-designed, randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled trials, and he warned against the use of ivermectin for treatment without the same trials. In contrast, Fauci green-lighted remdesivir following studies in which the controlled group did not receive a real placebo. So they gave uh, the people uh, remdesivir, and then they gave to the control group not a sugar pill or, or, or saline solution in the IV, 
it was uh, what is known as a Focebo. Utilization of so-called toxic or spiked placebos, also known as Focebos, is a fraudulent gimmick that Dr. Fauci and his drug researchers have pioneered over the last 40 years to conceal adverse side effects of toxic drugs for which they seek approval. So they know this is a toxic drug, so they don't give them a sugar pill, they don't give them a, 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 a saline solution. They give them something that is as toxic or slightly toxic or more toxic to make remdesivir look good. And that's not the only uh, uh, thing he did. So despite the, the, the placebo chicanery, Dr. Fauci's researchers uh, couldn't... <laughs> remdesivir is so bad that even with a, a, a placebo, a fake placebo, they still couldn't get remdesivir to show improvement in the COVID-19 survival rate. That's citation number 37. So Dr. Fauci then moved the goalposts because, because remdesivir didn't show an improvement in survival rate. He decided to move the goalposts. It's no longer about uh, um, getting you or, or stopping you from dying of COVID. The new goalpost was we are going to improve your uh, or not improving the chances of survival, but rather achieving shorter hospital stays. How did he uh, achieve this? This, too, was a scam, writes Robert Kennedy, because it turned out that almost twice as many remdesivir subjects as placebo subjects in the trial had to be readmitted to the hospital after discharge, meaning that Fauci's improved time to recovery was due at least in part to discharging remdesivir patients prematurely, altering protocols in the, all right, all right, so Before I read that sentence, let me just kind of go back and, and, and tell you what just happened. The trial was supposed to, ensure, uh, to show that people who took remdesivir were more likely to survive. They, they had a fake placebo, and even with a fake placebo, a toxic placebo, which is fraudulent, they still couldn't show improved survival rates with remdesivir. So Fauci, in the middle of the trial, changed the endpoint, changed the goal of the trial to shortening hospital stays. However... The people that were released from the hospital, twice as many in the remdesivir group had to go back to the hospital than in the placebo group. This suggests that they released them early. So they released the, in order to get the uh, uh, results that he wanted, he released the remdesivir patients early. Altering the protocols in the middle of an ongoing study is an interference commonly known as, quote, scientific fraud or falsification. But Dr. Fauci had little reason to worry that insiders would complain about the corruption of the study, since his trusted deputy, a man named Cliff Lane, chaired the NIH Treatment Guidelines Panel. Now, Cliff Lane was doubly conflicted, since he had personally overseen the remdesivir trials in China and stood potentially to share in patent rewards and royalties for the drug that is cited. So he, he has a conflict of interest. This is not uh, uh, scientifically uh, uh, sound. In addition, Cliff Lang, uh, in addition to Cliff Lang, seven of the other panelist members uh, for the NIH approval board had financial relationships with Gilead, and eight additional panel members had had financial relationships with Gilead prior to the last uh, uh, 11 months for which they were required to declare the relationship. So this is just all insider trading. 
for a drug costs $10 to manufacture that your tax money already paid for the research and development on that they're charging you $3,100 for that is absolutely toxic. Before <laughs> Fauci's study was even peer-reviewed, he, uh, before his study was peer-reviewed, he learned that The Lancet was about to publish a placebo-controlled Chinese study uh, on remdesivir that showed it was utterly ineffective at keeping hospitalized patients alive or even reducing the hospitalizations, which is what Fauci's new endgame was with, the, with his own trial. The Chinese study also confirmed that remdesivir was deadly toxic. In the Chinese study, remdesivir called serious injuries to 12% of the patients compared to just 5% of patients in the placebo group, cited. Unlike Dr. Fauci's trial, the Chinese study was a randomized, double-blind, placebo-controlled, multi-centered, uh, peer-reviewed study. Unlike Fauci's trial. Now, you need that for hydroxychloroquine ivermectin, according to Fauci. You don't need it for his wonder drug, remdesivir. But then Fauci, when he learned of this Lancet uh, study was about to come out on the Chinese, or the Chinese study is about to come out in the Lancet, he appeared uh, at, the, at a White House press conference. Actually, this was one in the Oval Office, uh, seated on the couch next to Deborah Burks and opposite Do- uh, Donald Trump, and made a surprise announcement. With great grand f- uh, uh, fanfare, he declared victory. The data from the NIAID's uh, clinical trial from Desivere shows, quote, uh, quite good news, he said, glossing over the drug's failure to demonstrate any mortality advantage. He told the, uh, the press that, quote, the data shows that remdesivir has a clear-cut significant positive effect in diminishing the, recover, uh, the time to recovery. He claimed that his study had therefore proven remdesivir to be so remarkably beneficial to COVID patients that he had decided that it would be unethical to deny Americans uh, the benefit of this new wonder drug. Yes, it would be unethical of him to study the drug further. We must stop the trials now. It works so well that we, we, we have to uh, dispense it to hospitals immediately. What a rat bastard, man. On May 1st, the FDA granted the pandemic's first emergency use authorization for a COVID drug, allowing remdesivir treatments for patients hospitalized with severe COVID-19. Dr. Ralph Barrick uh, from the UNC that we talked about a moment ago called the drug, quote, a game-changer for the treatment of patients with COVID-19. Yes, of course it's a game-changer because he's about to make a lot of money off of the royalties. Now, this is a quote from um, a lady named Vera Sharav, who is the president and founder of the Alliance for Human Research Protection, uh, or AHRP, The job of the AHRP is to monitor the quality and ethical performance of clinical trials. She says this, quote, Dr. Fauci had a vested interest in remdesivir. He sponsored the clinical trial whose details results were not subject to the peer review he demanded for drugs like hydroxychloroquine ivermectin. Instead of showing transparent data and convincing results, he did, quote, science by fiat. He simply declared the disappointing results to be highly uh, significant and pronounced remdesivir to be the new standard of care. Fauci made the promotional pronouncement while sitting on the couch in the White House without providing a detailed news release, without a briefing at a medical meeting or a peer review for publication in a scientific journal. He just waved a magic wand and made it up and made Gilead billions of dollars. 
Now, one day, if we ever get into uh, uh, Dr. Fauci's response to the HIV-AIDS epidemic, uh, you will see that this is a uh, well-choreographed script for the good doctor. Um, It's it's a playbook that he developed during uh, the late 80s and early 90s for AIDS. Time and again, he has terminated clinical trials of his sweetheart drugs the moment they begin to reveal cataclysmic toxicity. This is AZT. Uh, the, the, the toxic rat poison was so toxic that the person who invented it didn't even bother to patent it because he's like, I can't get any money off this. It's totally toxic. Fauci, of course, it was then sold to, uh, Burroughs Welcome. And uh, I'm not going to get in. Uh, Fauci pushed it through. It was so toxic. It's, it's what killed a lot of the AIDS patients. Go watch the Dallas Buyers Club. Fauci pushed it through for Welcome's Burrow or for Burroughs Welcome. And that's <laughs> uh, exactly what he did with remdesivir. Toxic drug, doesn't care how many people die, it's going to make a lot of money. Uh, so, so after he uh, uh, cancels the trials early for a toxic drug that he uh, wants to push through, he then makes the absurd claim that his drug of choice has proven so miraculously effective that it would be unethical to deny it to the public. He did the same thing in the 1980s and and 90s with AIDS and HIV that he's doing with COVID. And then he strong-arms the FDA to grant approvals. This time, however, his brazenness and fraud uh, earned him some rare criticisms, even in the mainstream uh, science press. The The British Medical Journal said, quote, None of the randomized controlled trials published so far have shown that remdesivir saves significantly more lives than uh, uh, standard medical care. Science Magazine said this of the good Dr. Fauci, uh, quote, his, his trial baffled scientists who have closely watched the clinical trials of remdesivir unfold over the past six months and who have, uh, who have many questions about remdesivir's worth. Professor Stephen Evans, a... Uh, a, a Pharmacy professor at the London School of Hygiene and Tropical Medicine said this, quote, data from the paper, uh, from this paper are almost uninterpretable. I mean, these doctors who, who dealt with Fauci in the, in the 80s, they tell you he, he's, he's not a very good scientist. He's actually a moron, but he's a hell of a businessman and PR person. This professor, Stephen Evans, says that the data from this paper are almost uninterpretable. It is very surprising, perhaps even unethical, that the New England Journal of Medicine published it. It would be more appropriate to publish the data on the website of the pharmaceutical company that had sponsored and written up the study. Even Bill Gates himself raised an eyebrow about the audacity of of Fauci's trial. Wired Magazine asked him in August of 2020 what therapeutic treatment he'd asked for if he was hospitalized with COVID. And he uh, did not hesitate to say, of course, quote from Desivere, because again, he owns a $6.5 million stake in Gilead. However, he added this, quote, Sadly, the trials in the U.S. have been so chaotic that the actual proven effect is kind of small. Potentially, the effect is much larger than that. It's insane how confused the trials here in the U.S. have been. And now listen to this uh, convenient timing. Then on October 19th of 2020, three days before remdesivir's FDA approval, the World Health Organization published a definitive study on remdesivir involving over 11,000 COVID patients in 405 hospitals in 30 countries. The results of that tri- uh, of that uh, those trials was that remdesivir failed to reduce mortality. It also failed to reduce the need for ventilation 
and it also failed to uh, reduce the length of hospital stays. So how did Fauci get to that number of reduced hospital stays that he that he's changed the the goal of the trial in the middle of it? Because he released them early. Remember that. So it failed on all fronts. WHO researchers found no detectable benefits from Mdesivir and actually recommended against its use for COVID-19 patients. Citation 71. That's 70. I mean, this is like a five page chapter on remdesivir. I've highlighted everything. That's the 71st citation. That's how ridiculous this is. The WHO published its devastating indictment of remdesivir one month after the FDA issued remdesivir's emergency use authorization for children less than 12 years of age. Fauci and the, w, and, uh, Fauci and the FDA had to have known that the WH study was about to come out before they issued the emergency use authorization for remdesivir because they, uh, the preprints were available and they had to have known its findings. It appears, in fact, that Dr. Fauci once again hurried the approval through the FDA so as to beat the publication of a negative study. That's what he did with the Chinese study coming out in The Lancet. That's what he did with these WHO studies. He had to, he had, he had to stop the trial early push it through real quick because he knew that these negative studies were coming out. I mean, what a monster, man. On <laughs> July 15th, 2021, a large Johns Hopkins study in uh, Original Investigation Infectious Diseases section once again confirmed that, quote, remdesivir treatment was not associated with improved survival, but was actually associated with longer hospital stays. I mean, you can't make this shit up. Uh, on October 2nd, 2020, the European Union released its own safety review of remdesivir. The study also reported serious side effects. Two citations there. So the remedy was worse than the disease. The cure, quote, cure, was worse than the disease. Many doctors believe our country's uh, record... Now listen to this. All right. You remember back early on in the pandemic when they were saying this is a respiratory virus and it's doing all these things we've never seen a respiratory virus do before. It's shutting down organs. We don't understand it. Well, here's some evidence of why that might have happened. Many doctors believe our country's record COVID-19 fatalities are at least in part due to widespread use of remdesivir in 2020. This is Dr. Ryan Cole, quote, we had the most deaths worldwide. It's a haunting question, but how many of these Americans were remdesivir casualties? Again, it killed 54% of the people in the Ebola trial. And the Chinese trial said it caused uh, organ failure and serious uh, problems in 12% of their trial. For several months, we were the only country treating people with a drug that was proven to be lethal. In the year 2020, we had almost double the number of deaths per month compared to most other countries. We've talked about that. Brazil, meanwhile, was one of the first nations outside the U.S. to uh, widely use remdesivir. And remember, early on, they had the second highest death toll. So the only two countries, and we talked about this uh, a few weeks ago with uh, 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 Tamil Nadu in India. They used Dr. Fauci's remdesivir. They had death rates on par with the United States. Meanwhile, uh, uh, Uttar Pradesh used ivermectin. They basically eliminated the disease in their province, uh, a pro or a state the, uh, of over 200 million people. Now listen to this. I'm going to try to read it slowly. 
In May of 2020, so this is only a few months into the pandemic, New York doctors repeatedly marveled at the tendency for COVID-19 to cause kidney failure, something that no other respiratory, respiratory virus does. Doctors began, now listen to this, doctors began seeing acute kidney failure on days three, four, and five after admission to the hospital. Meanwhile, in Dr. Fauci's 2019 Ebola study, that study showed that remdesivir on days 3, 4, and 5 caused acute kidney failure in upwards of 31% of patients. In less than 5 days of remdesivir treatment, 8% of all people died or experienced life-threatening multiple organ failure or kidney failure so severe that they had to be taken off the drug. According to Dr. Ryan Cole, quote, So it may not be a coincidence that roughly the same number of hospital patient, hospitalized patients, 8 to 10 times as many, were dying in the first week of hospitalization. So what? let me just break that down for a minute. These doctors in New York were treating people with remdesivir, at $3,100 a dose. And they were saying, I've, I've never seen a respiratory virus cause kidney failure before or, or multiple organ failure. And it's all happening days three, four, and five after hospitalization. Now, when they come in, they start giving them remdesivir uh, through IV. And, and, and they're all, the, the COVID is killing, not the, not the remdesivir, the COVID is shutting down their organs on days three, four, and five, which is exactly what you saw in the, in the Ebola trial from the, only the people who took remdesivir. On days three, four, and five, their organs started shutting down. Dr. Cole also uh, told Robert Kennedy that in the animal studies of remdesivir, one quarter, one fourth of the animals died from kidney failure. Folks, look, that's all we're gonna. That's all we have time for today. The next section is vaccines, and I'll get into the vaccines in a, in a month or two. I, I just, I want you to understand that not only did none of this have to happen, there was hydroxychloroquine, there was ivermectin, there was. Uh, the z pack there was zinc, there was vitamin D. Um, there's, hey, you know, you need to lose some weight. And I know this is redundant at this point. It's boring me reading a book to you. I just want you to know that the, the level of corruption we're dealing with, the level of evil we're dealing with, to, like we talked about in the chloroquine episode, to... Give people lethal doses of a drug to show that it's deadly. Same thing with ivermectin. To demonize it as a horse dewormer when it won the Nobel Prize for treatment in humans. To push forth something like remdesivir, which is exactly what Fauci did with AZT in the AIDS pandemic, that is so toxic that Medical review boards were saying, don't give it to us. The WHO said, don't give it. The Chinese study showed it, it, it didn't work. It shut down organs. They don't care. They are so corrupt, just like the Iraq war. They are so corrupt 
and so invested, Bill Gates, again, six and a half billion dollar uh, or million dollar investment in, in uh, Gilead, million dollar investment, uh, $79 million of your tax money developed from Desivere. A lot of Fauci's, including, including Ralph Barrick, the gain of function guy from UNC, are, are sharing in the royalties from this drug. They cost $10 to make. They're charging $3,100 for it after you've already paid for it as a taxpayer. Do you understand the level of corruption? I'm not, I'm, I'm not going um, to—I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, and I know this is probably boring you. I don't—you uh, have to understand. Like, please, wake up. Please, wake up. This didn't have to happen. It didn't have to happen. The vaccines may have some benefit. That's great. But, but that's an expensive uh, uh, moonshot uh, money dump for these vaccine for, for, for these pharmaceutical companies. It didn't have to happen this way. We didn't have to shut down the world. We didn't have to put uh, uh, 30 plus percent of black bus- black owned small businesses out of business. We didn't have to uh, starve hundreds of thousands of children in the third world. We didn't we didn't have to cause mass migration into the first world, from the third world, not because of the virus, but because of the lockdowns. None of this was necessary. And, and, and we look up to people like, the world looks up to people like Fauci and the NIH and the FDA as the gold standard, and they're more corrupt than the military-industrial complex. Wake up, people. Please, please. You've lost. We're losing everything. We're losing all the freedoms. We're losing everything. Please, like, break the conditioning. It is okay. If you're still scared, stay home. There's no need for any of this shit. All right. That's it for this week. Thank you for listening. Um, Until next time, uh, remember that now is the time to do what we have been doing, and that time is every day. Uh, I wish you uh, health, success, and freedom, and as always, namaste for now. <laughs>